1: Hey guys, welcome to this week's edition of Welcome to Matt Atlanta. We appreciate you guys making us your weekly destination to catch up with some of our favorite uh, Atlanta and Georgia guests, uh, both past and present. Let's not waste any time. Let's get to this week's edition of Welcome to Atlanta. So, uh, this gentleman was the first guest on the first uh, edition, the inaugural Welcome to Matt Atlanta, because he's just my favorite guy and I'm selfish. <laughs> He is the uh, two-time MVP winner, Dale Murphy. Murphy, it's good to catch up with you. How is life for Dale Murphy right now? Uh,
2: look, everybody's had a challenging year, and Murphy's went through things. But uh, you know, I'm I'm doing well, Matt. I really appreciate the chance to be back on, and congratulations. Uh, you've done 100 episodes is that right
1: that is right which uh they said it would never last the critics you know how they are murph you remember back in your day you win one mvp they're like he can't do it again <laughs>
2: look i've tried a couple podcasts everybody <laughs> everybody has a tries a podcast and you know we usually go about five or six and then you you go well now what am i gonna say so oh i so get it 100 yeah. is, is, uh, is fantastic so happy to be on again matt thank you well,
1: i appreciate it murph um so i want to i want to cover some ground with you and stuff that like i don't know that we've ever talked about and, and we'll kind of bounce around but I, i'm curious you right now watching baseball are you a fan of the game today the way it's played
2: um you know us old guys i guess the best way to say it you got, you kind of got to be careful because there are some differences and you don't want to sound like you know, back when we played, it's really it's it's really tempting. Uh, there are there are a lot of things I like about the game. They're they're much more athletic. They do things that we never even thought of. Actually, I see some of the middle infield play and some of the pitching um, is uh, you know just remarkable. There are some things that I miss about the old game. I think uh, some of the some of the middle infielders. Um, it, you know, I don't. I don't know. I'm just. I'm just. My brain is just. I'm. I'm going all over the place here. But I'll just start. One of the things is, with no contact around second base, it, it's really hard for me to compare middle infielders with uh, you know ten, twenty years ago because it was a it was a much more difficult position to play. I think when you thought about guys taking you out. Now, as, as a catcher, I can appreciate some of the rules now with the lack of contact, but. Um, I, I think some of the rules now with not being able to take a guy out at second base just kind of changes that play. Uh, other than that, I mean, there there may be a few things that everybody's talking about length of the game and things like that, uh, that we, I think we got to address, but overall I love to watch these kids play. I, I think it's much more difficult in many ways to hit. I was talking with actually Bruce Benedict um, who scouts for the White Sox and, um, you know, we we were talking uh, that he and he was scouting the Braves, and we were talking. He says, "You know, Murph, after the fifth inning of a game, which is typical major league game nowadays, after the fifth or sixth inning, four guys came in or five guys came in, and no one threw less than ninety six. <laughs> I mean, that's you know, we didn't face that. I think uh, I appreciate the hitters nowadays that can hit and do well because there's a there there are some very difficult things about hitting today that I you know I appreciate these hitters. Uh yeah, there's a lot of strikeouts um but there's just some really remarkable athletes. So I enjoy watching the game. I have little things like I just mentioned that uh you know that I that I think about in the old days, but overall there's some fantastic athletes.
1: How do you think you would fare in today's game with all the things you just talked about with the specialists, the 99 miles an hour, the launch angles, the shifts, how do you think you would fare?
2: I think I would have a tough time hitting. I, I really do because, you know, I had a lot of strikeouts, first of all, and, and uh, I had a longer swing. Uh, and I had, you know, like uh, when Craig Kimbrell came up, people would say, oh, what do you think you'd do against Craig Kimbrell? I'd be like, that would probably be the toughest at bat of of my year whenever I would face him. The, the way he and, – and there was a whole bunch of guys like him now – you know, high fastballs and and decent uh, uh, curveballs, you know, that was a challenge for me uh, because of my longer swing. So I, I think I would have some challenges hitting. I don't think there's – I'm not trying to be, you know, Mr. Modest. I think I'd make a, a few adjustments and try. But this is a a really challenging environment to, to hit in, especially if you have a longer swing. So you'd ha- I'd have to try to figure out how to shorten my swing um, – uh, you know, and and uh, you know, get the bat on the ball because there's a lot of guys that, man, it's 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 a it's a challenging environment to hit in. I think I I'd, I'd make some challenge uh, some adjustments. Uh, I think I'd figure it out, but I I don't want to be so naive as to say there there'd be some challenges for me.
1: So when you played, not that you played in the '50s, you played in the '80s mostly in early in the early '90s. But how much? Were you guys aware of the radar gun like did you guys even keep up with how much and how fast guys were throwing
2: no no it, it was a it was a curiosity and it, you know it was it, it, it towards the end of my career I, you know I ended in 93 so you know it, it, it was fairly commonplace but it still wasn't a lot of talk because, we didn't talk about it a lot because there were still enough guys that were throwing. it. you know I think what would be fascinating and and you know, there's always trends in every sport, and some of the teams that are successful always counter the trend and, and do something different. And I, I think it would be fascinating to bring back a control pitcher and an off-speed pitcher. I, I think some of these guys would, after all these guys have seen so many fastballs, I think uh, uh, it would be interesting to, uh, to, to see someone go against the trend of everybody throwing hard. But you know, some people are a little nervous about going against the trend. Um, I forgot your question.
1: Well, but no, no. Let's follow up on that. I don't disagree because it's funny, and this is an extreme situation, Murph. But watching Freddie Freeman have to hit against a position player like Anthony Rizzo, who was throwing oh, seventy, yeah, yeah. right? You see how much off stride. And to your point, you actually get a real pitcher who can locate and you know not throw ninety-eight. Maybe he's living in the eighties, but on the corners and, and like Greg Maddox used to say, "I didn't care how hard I threw, I." Like, cared where i threw it i think that'd be fascinating
2: no it, it would and it but there <laughs> but with with the the other thing is the um a, 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 an off-speed pitcher so to speak it really needs a little more generous of a of a plate and now with all the radar looking at the plate you know you you the the advantage a little bit is that 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 advantage is gone as well you know with you you'd get umpires that would give you a couple inches outside if you were very consistent that brings in another thing is just the, analy- the the analytics of the strike zone the ability and everybody's talking about robot umps i mean it's uh you know that that's a different thing too i think i think there was just a little bit more feel to the game you know, we we wouldn't talk about that. That's what you're asking me is, uh, is did we talk about how hard guys threw? Uh, no, because it just you know you knew the hard throwers, and then the other thing was, you know, how's this guy? How how does it move? What does he throw? Does it go in? Does it go out? Uh, when does he throw his off speed stuff? And uh, so there was a lot more feel and just uh, kind of understanding the pitcher. Uh, some starting pitchers, you know, are still there. I know grankey's still throwing, and you know that's a, a good, solid case to look at. You can still be successful. And and you're right. I, you know, pitching was all the, the old saying is uh, hitting is timing, and pitching is disrupting the timing. Um, the if if you know the the challenge of facing all these uh, fastball, these guys that are throwing so hard, is that you're facing different ones. Uh, if you were facing the same guy, they wouldn't be as successful. So, you know, we always said that, you know, if the guy's throwing hard, it's okay because, you know, I get three or four at-bats against him. But now you're only facing that guy one time, and in the seventh or eighth inning, you're facing another guy. So that's the, the, there's some really challenging things about hitting right now that, uh, that, you know, would be a very tough adjustment for a player from the 80s.
1: such a great time of year. You're getting out and about. You're enjoying the spring and the summer weather's coming. You also got baseball that you're watching. You've got uh, postseason basketball in the way. It's a perfect time to introduce you to our new friends in downtown Woodstock, the Daily Draft. I've been to the Daily Draft countless times. I love it, we've been there for all kinds of big events. It's the ultimate sports bar experience from their wall-to-wall flat screens, self-serve taps which are really cool, craft beer, chef-inspired menu items, and I mean enough to fill the whole family or you and your buddies, great choices, lots of options. Folks, I want you to enjoy catching the big plays during your lunch hour with their wall-to-wall flat screens. You can indulge in their $11 lunch specials between 11.30 a.m. and 3 p.m. And if you're an MVP card holder, you'll receive an exclusive deal. For my listeners, mention welcome to Atlanta." You'll receive a $5 credit towards your MVP card. The Daily Draft is not your father's sports bar. They have so many great opportunities for you, like on Monday. They offer you the Monday's burger and a brew deal. You can indulge in the feature burger of the day and a domestic beer for only 12 bucks all day long. It's the Daily Draft in downtown Woodstock. You'll love it from the moment you walk through the door. Go check them out today. Downtown Woodstock, the Daily Draft. So let's talk about going against the grain in another way. So when you played, and this was one of my favorite teams, watching St. Louis play a different style with Vince Coleman and Willie McGee and Ozzy Smith of just, we're going to pound the ball into the ground, and we're going to bunt, and we're going to leg them out. And they you routinely have one power hitter in the middle of the lineup, like a Jack Clark or a Pedro Guerrero, but largely it was just a different style of whitey ball. Do you think there's anybody that would ever have, and I'll use the word the guts to go against the grain right now and try to build a team that way?
2: That's a great question. That's a great question. Uh, the old saying when Pedro Guerrero was there, what, what, what did they say? He was, he was hitting with the bases loaded before the national anthem was over, <laughs> You know, uh, here's, here's – I, I think this sums it up really well. I heard um, someone say once, and I think it was Bill James, you know, the kind of the father of analytics, he didn't like AstroTurf, but he liked the game it created. Uh, In other words, what'd you get? You got the 1982 St. Louis Cardinals. You got some good Astro teams. Uh, uh, You got faster players because your ballpark dictated that. So now we don't have a lot of AstroTurf. We got a lot of good hitters parks. And then we got analytics. So my saying now is the ballparks and analytics, I'm not so sure um, I – uh, I understand them and we need them, but I'm not so sure. I love the game it's created. Does that does that make sense? It makes perfect sense. Created. Yeah. No,
1: we become largely we um, the
2: analytics. Yeah. Matt, Matt, why would you go against the analytics? That's that's the challenge. Where you know because it, it says a bunt and a, or a stolen base. I can't argue with those analytics. If 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 a stolen base is not it, it analytical or whatever the word is. The law of averages, okay, let's take the sacrifice bunt. If the sacrifice bunt and the law of averages, which we know is true, it's better to have an at-bat instead of giving up the out over the length of you know time. Uh, and, and so it's created a game with no bunts. It's created a game with less steals. So I understand analytics. I'm not so sure it's, cre- it's created the game that, that I like. But what do you do about that?
1: Well, here, here's what I would ask you, right? Like, what do you, do? you know, it, it just like anything else, it'd be nice to have some nuance where you didn't have one side of, of the coin that is just all by the numbers, by the analytics, and the other side is like, I don't want to even believe in the numbers. Use the numbers, use the data. But like you just said, Murph, there's a feel that either the manager or the team, based on the situation, should apply to it. And there should be nothing wrong with that, but seemingly there is.
2: Well, the managers. How how can he go with what he feels when he's going to get second guessed? Exactly. And it work? Right. And so you're right. So when's the last time you saw a hit and run? <laughs> I, think, I, I think a hit and run. Uh, okay. So uh, let's get back. Let's get back, Matt, to going against the grain. If I if I could run that right now, I would steal almost. I I, I would try it so much because pitchers aren't this, this, that part of the game is not defended as well. I don't think now pitchers, if you're not stealing, pitchers aren't aren't working on their moves to first base and how to hold a guy on. So you're, I think your odds are better now to steal. I So th- I think there are chances now to go against the grain occasionally. We, you know, no one needs to hit and run every inning. But, man, I think there would be some amazing time. How about first and second, uh, you know, the count's three and one with a, with a good contact hitter, and you send those runners. I I, um, I remember hitting, Joe Torrey had a thing in spring training when he first came over. He goes, three and two in spring training, I want everybody running. If you're on first, you know, no matter how many out, not only with, you know, it's zero, one, or two, obviously with two outs you're running. Runners on first, runners on first and second. If it's three and two, I want you running. We just want to do this in spring training. And I'd be hitting, and it'd be three and two and no outs. And when those runners moved, there, all you got to do is hit the ball on the ground. Somebody's covering a base. I mean, it's it's like great. So, I I think to answer your question, I think there's opportunities to go against some of these things and and really be successful. But but it's hard for managers to do it consistently because the numbers will say you know that. You see what I'm saying? I, oh, I do.
1: And, and I think it also goes to your point of putting pressure on a defense, getting them moving, just trying absolutely. to, you know, you have, you have teams playing shifts so much, so why not get them out of the comfort zone that they're in based on the analytics, I, I would agree. Well, Murph, let me absolutely. ask you this.
2: Absolutely.
1: So you just brought up Joe Torre. I, I often point out to Braves fans the documentary, which is one of my favorites, a long way to October. Um, and, and this was ahead of the time of reality and, and you know, documentary era that we're in now. And this was just all about first the 1982 Braves, and then there was one to follow up in 83 and 84. There's a lot I want to ask you about, but in, in that first doc, you mentioned Joe Torrey, Murph, I watched him come over and lean over to you on the bench several times about, you know, giving away A-Bs and not, you know, doing some of the things he thought you should be doing. And I thought, I can't picture a manager today. I don't even know about a hitting coach, but a manager being that sort of not in your face, but like that involved with the hitting style of what you were doing. How was that for you? How did you receive that?
2: Uh, it, it was, it was a little, yeah, it was different managers, uh, uh, that th- we, of course we had hitting coaches. Well, you know, what's really interesting that we, you, you know, I was talking with someone I played minor league ball with and they said, Murph, how many years did you play before you had a hitting coach? <laughs> we had a roving hitting coach and, and he'd show up, you know, every few weeks and then, uh, you know it might have not been till i got to the big leagues and now i'm gonna offend somebody for not remember but where we had a designated hitting coach and so the managers were kind of involved you know off and on but i gotta go back a little bit with joe because uh we really related really well his style his thoughts he got me to go the other way more consistently you know i knew that was a a good hitting philosophy is hit the ball to all fields. But he got it to, to where I was like, no, really, you got to really keep trying to hit the ball to right field, you know, every at bat. And the old story is after the 82 season, he, uh, 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 even though I won the MVP a month later, I really didn't finish that well. And uh, he said, let's go down to uh, instructional league. Um, so the story is, you know, I went to instructional league as an MVP. I was like, I hadn't won the MVP yet. Uh, so I didn't know I was MVP. I went down to instructional league before I won, and I had finished slowly. And we talked. Actually, Matt—it was him and his brother Frank. Frank was a, a, a really good, uh, understood hitting really well. And they took uh, three or four days with me. Joe threw BP to me. Wow! In in on a on a field, you know the 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 minor league guys were playing, and we were overtaking BP and talking hitting. And my, my family, Nancy and the kids, were at Disney World, <laughs> and, and so my point is getting back to how we related. We talked a lot about hitting all the time, and uh, I just it just clicked, and he and he was uh, you know uh, open enough to share, and uh, and and it just it clicked. Obviously, I had my best offensive years under Joe, and and. Um, and so yeah I think uh, you know it's, it's a little a lot more specialized and, and and Joe but Joe was you know he won a batting title. yeah you know so he was a heck of a hitter and he likes to say you know he didn't he didn't get any infield hits either with <laughs> the way he ran <laughs> and uh, so he knew hitting I mean it wasn't like you know I, I'm not you know I, I don't know uh, a manager now in the big leagues that's won a batting title I'm not so, well Mattingly, uh obviously and if I was playing for Mattingly, I'd be, sure, I got, I got a hitting coach, but I'd be talking to Don Mattingly quite a bit. Follow the
1: Podcast Park on social media for live updates as new episodes hit and behind-the-scenes looks at all our shows. Find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at The Podcast Park. I want to talk about one of our great sponsors at the Rhodes Group. Yes, my buddy Clayton Rhodes and the Rhodes Group are a proud sponsor of us here at Welcome to Atlanta, and they're also my insurance company. Uh, It was about, I don't know, four or five months ago now that I finally realized why am I paying so much for my home and car insurance? I don't think we realize as the consumer we should be shopping or having somebody in a professional setting shop those rates for us. So I had the professionals at the Rhodes Group shop my rates and they ended up saving me a boatload of money. I'm talking about $2,000 for my home and car insurance. By now, you guys know it's a great time to refinance your home, you see all those rates. Well, you might not know it's also a great time to shop your home insurance. Home insurance rates creep up every year, and the only way to get the best policy and the best rate is to work with an independent insurance agency like the Rhodes Group. Here's the deal, you can get up to 10 insurance quotes in 10 minutes from the Rhodes Group at no cost to you. You wanna visit them online, I got a special landing page for you. You can go to rhodes Group dot com slash churnoff. It's spelled R H O A D S. Roads dash group dot com slash churnoff. You can also see the link up at Real Matt Lana on Twitter. They're my insurance company. They're going to do this at no cost to you, and you're going to end up saving a boatload. The Roads Group is the answer to saving money and getting the best in insurance coverage. Again, the Roads Group is the place you want to go. Tell them Matt sent you. Go to Roads dash group dot com.
0: First Horizon Bank, member FDIC.
3: Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com.
1: Now, um, you mentioned the MVP there, and, and you got two of them. Before I get back to, to a couple of those years, where do you keep the MVPs? <laughs>
2: Well, uh you know, I don't know. I'm kind of weird about putting stuff up in my home. So they're they're not up uh in my home, uh but Nancy's always like, "Dale, that's kind of ridiculous." <laughs> so, I'd put them on the front so, porch. Yeah. 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 Hi, welcome to the Murphy home. Oh, as you walk in here on the right are my MVP uh, <laughs> uh, <black. laughs> Basically, like, oh, you played ball. Hey, I've been done for forty years. The shrine
1: to Murph. When you walk in, it's like Biff's in uh, Back to the Future. So you don't show the awards. Like, so if if I if I went into your home, is it in a box? Is it with is it with the gold gloves? Like, what's that look like?
2: Yeah, we're we're yeah yeah the right now. Well, we've actually moved, so I have an excuse. Uh, You know, in the in the last three or four months, we've moved, so. We're trying to figure out what to do, actually, but but I will say, for many years, they were in the uh, Braves uh, Hall of Fame at, at at Turner Field, and I had a, they had a, a little area there. Now and then, the Braves said, "Look, we're going to display a lot of stuff," but I didn't know this. You can you can get the companies uh, to make uh, duplicates. So what you're seeing there at uh, uh, at Truist Park are any Silver Sluggers or Gold Gloves or uh, uh, MVP things. They're they're duplicates which is wise it's it's you know and so i have him here and i don't know matt i'm trying to figure out
1: what i'm gonna come over and help you look that's that's gonna be a goal i'm gonna help you clean out the murph basement and get to the bottom of it um yeah.
2: so back Nancy to the gets mad at me i go down there and find that box and you no know, she doesn't get mad i didn't mean that i mean i just i pull it out you know i go hey you know you're talking to a
1: mvp two-time no, winner um <laughs>
2: It doesn't doesn't go over very well. No, I'm sure that
1: doesn't stop her from asking you to take the garbage out. That still works. Um, (laughs) So I want to go back to the documentary. So in the doc, Ted Turner is like all over the thing. And this is another like sort of like weird thing of the time that Ted just seemingly was always around, or at least the documentary made it look like he was in the dugout shaking hands with you guys after wins at times. So how much was he around and what was your relationship at at that time with, with Ted?
2: Well, good. I think uh, you know everybody loved to play for Ted. Then it, it, there's there's pros and cons to to owners being so involved as Ted, and I think the best example is is what happened when he turned it over to John Sherholes. And uh, and so if I was an owner, I would be I would be as involved as I possibly could. But you it it things. Uh, I think one of the challenges with the the organization in the Ted Turner days was exactly that was was what's the organization, what's the chain of command, who's responsible for building this team. Uh, and so that's the challenge when you have an owner that's so great and so competitive as, as Ted that you have a even flow and you have, uh, you know, consistent decisions over time. And then uh, I think the Braves finally got into the flow when when, when John uh, Sherholes and Bobby Cox became a – a manager and a general manager, a great team, and they kind of had a system. You know what I'm saying? So oh, I do, the, yeah. challenge, the, the challenge was: a, what's the system here? What, what's the consistency? And uh, you know, and and uh, you know, your scouts probably need to be elevated as opposed to occasional free agent that makes a lot of splash and sells a lot of tickets. You know, which which Ted was all about that. But really, a consistent organization requires scouting and general manager and player development. And so that really started happening when Ted got less involved. I hate to say it, but no, it was tremendous. I mean, here's, here's a perfect example. When I went to, you know, I'm talking to my agent, uh, Bruce Church, I said, okay, well, we got to, you know, we got to renegotiate. So, you know, wh- where do we start? He goes, well, we're, go to Ted. You know, and that, you know, that nowadays, who goes to the owner to negotiate your contract? And I'm like, well, we're going to talk to Ted. He goes, yeah, it, you know, that's the way this organization is, you know, Ted's involved. And so that was kind of odd and intimidating. I'll tell you, it's very intimidating. I hated it. Ted was not fun to negotiate with. <laughs> no. I'll tell you that. And uh, so that's, uh, but bottom line, He's great to play for. You know, a personal touch. He wanted to win. He wanted to beat Steinberg. He wanted to beat everybody. And so, when you're playing for an owner that that's that is that involved, it's it, it, it's uh, it's it, it's motivating. It can be exciting, but the, the you got to be a little careful organizationally. Well, let me ask you about time, that
1: because, like you said, Ted, his heart was in the right place. He was kind of that a P.T. Moves. Barnum, though, right? It was very like he, he wanted splash and, and all that. Yeah. From from a business standpoint, though, Murph, looking back, do you think he was a good – not a good guy. Do you think he was a good owner?
2: Do I think he was a good owner? Do, in while you played play? there. Like, as, a, as a player?
1: Just as running the business, I guess, as running the team, giving you the best chance to succeed.
2: Well, he wanted to. You know what I'm saying. He, yeah. You know, if there was a free agent – I mean, he you know, he signed Claudel. Uh, he wanted to make moves. So you know, just not all those moves are gonna work out perfectly, but no, if I had to do it over again, I'd play for Ted Turner. No, I absolutely because he wanted he wanted to have the best team and uh, it's it's just that it didn't always uh, it didn't always work out and yeah. and there wasn't the consistency of a, I think you need a system and you got to prove your system. And you want to be. I think that's one of the things as an owner you want to win today. In baseball, you want to be able to be competitive every year because the nature of the game is there's going to be a different winner every year. You can't dominate every year, so you've got to be in the hunt every year. And uh, that I think that I think '82 is a perfect example. We weren't built for success for the long haul. You know, we, we had a pretty good team, and you know, but you could see that we lacked depth. And when that when the Braves organization got going, and I don't want to get into a, 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 a three or four years in the mid '80s that, that really hurt baseball is collusion. But you have me back on, have me back on, Matt. We can talk about that. But that that is the point of, of, of building for consistent success that really takes takes the scouts, organizational, organiz, uh, um, flow, general manager, player development. And, yeah. and we just weren't there yet. We had good scouts, you know. Paul Snyder is legendary, but look at Paul what he did when John Sherrill. I mean, it was just you know the, the 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 switch was flipped and they went to consistency. So let me ask you about a couple. Ted, Ted, Ted just wasn't. It wasn't the you know the consistency there. He wanted the flash, and that just doesn't always work.
1: Yeah, I would agree. All the time. Such a great time of year. You're getting out and about. You're enjoying the spring and the summer weather's coming. You also got baseball that you're watching. You've got uh, postseason basketball in the way. It's a perfect time to introduce you to our new friends in downtown Woodstock, the Daily Draft. I've been to the Daily Draft countless times. I love it. We've been there for all kinds of big events. It's the ultimate sports bar experience from their wall-to-wall flat screens, self-serve taps, which are really cool, craft beer, chef-inspired menu items, and I mean enough to fill the whole family or you and your buddies. Great choices, lots of options. Folks, I want you to enjoy catching... The big plays during your lunch hour with their wall-to-wall flat screens. You can indulge in their $11 lunch specials between 11.30 a.m. and 3 p.m. And if you're an MVP card holder, you'll receive an exclusive deal. For my listeners mentioned Welcome to Atlanta." you'll receive a $5 credit towards your MVP card. The Daily Draft is not your father's sports bar. They have so many great opportunities for you, like on Monday. They offer you the Monday's burger and a brew deal. You can indulge in the feature burger of the day and a a domestic beer for only 12 bucks all day long. It's the Daily Draft in downtown Woodstock. You'll love it from the moment you walk through the door. Go check them out today. Downtown Woodstock, the Daily Draft. Spring is here and baseball is back. You
4: can't forget the Derby. I love the hats.
3: Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com.
1: So let me ask you about some of your your, your teammates, because that was a colorful bunch um, that you played with at the time when you guys did win the division in 82, and you were good for the next couple of years. So that locker room, that clubhouse, you mentioned Claudel. And, and Claudel was a big-time player, but he had his issues. Pascual Perez, the same way. Like, you had some, some you know, Bob, Bob, I always heard Bob could be different as well. Like, so what was the dynamic in the clubhouse with you guys?
2: <laughs> well, first of all, I have a sad thing to say, Matt. It's it's really sad to say how many people, how many teammates we've lost for yeah. that, the 82 times, uh, 82, uh, those years. I think we've lost. Well, ten or twelve. It's been very, very sad, and with Nuxie passing this this past year, but uh, so that's been sad. But you know, we were loose. Uh, Claudell, wherever Claudell played, I guarantee you, everybody loved him. And that's the same thing with us. Claudell was funny, uh, was producing, but we were we were not. Uh, how you know we especially 82 we weren't picked to win and we ended up winning those first 13 in a row it was like well this is a blast so you know the inside a clubhouse Matt whenever you're winning it's it's always loose it's always funny but Claudel was funny Bruce Benedict was funny you know Matt uh, uh, I was in Philadelphia at the end of my career and a guy walked in he was a uh, fighter pilot and he was walking around the clubhouse he goes this is just like a this is I feel so comfortable here. He said this is just what it's like as a group of fighter pilots. We all think we're comedians. We're all giving a bad, everybody a bad time about everything. No, nothing's sacred, you know. It's like you walk in with some weird-looking pants and everybody's going to be all over <laughs> you or a wrinkled shirt or your hair, you know, nothing's safe and everything's sarcastic and everybody thinks they're the funniest person alive. So, that 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 was the attitude and it's just fun to play in. And uh, Claude L was hilarious. But uh, 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 Bob was, I, I don't think, uh, you know, Bob is underappreciated. I think for personally, what he did for me, he hit by me in the lineup and, uh, you know, got some injuries, but uh, he was just such an important part of our team. I'll tell you the rock uh, that I think we finally got good was Krivish Shambliss. I think, uh, when you have a first baseman that can play defense and can lead and can hit you know that's you're going be you're going to be a good team and he really kind of I think he was one of the keys a lot of people don't talk about
1: so it's been like 35 years so I, I need to get to the bottom of this story because I've heard all ends of this did, did Pasquale Perez really get lost on 285 because he had some drama off the field and others had, had indicated he showed up late to that game because there was like Pasquale stuff going off off the field like what is that real story?
2: Well, I, 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 I'll I, be honest with you, I don't know the real story, but, but that's all I know is that he was lost. Now, whether he said he was lost and he just didn't show up, I mean, I don't know well else to put it. But I do know, I was talking to Nuxie, uh, and I go, Nuxie, now you pitched that game, right, the Pasquale? I said, didn't you pitch a couple nights earlier? He goes, yeah. He goes, I was in the bathroom. And Joe, Joe walks in and goes, Nuxie, you in here? And Nuxie goes, yeah. He goes, Pasquale's not here. Can you go tonight? And <laughs> Nuxie's like, yeah, give me a few minutes. And, and Nuxie went out and pitched on a day's rest or something. And uh, so, but, no, I don't think, I, I don't know if we'll ever know, Matt. That's crazy. The story that... is he got, now. I gotta be honest. I got lost when I first got to Atlanta because <laughs> you know where I got confused is the connector. It's very <laughs> it's it's confusing as a you know a, a boy not from a big city and someone who doesn't speak very good English. Who knows? But
1: that's yeah, that's too knows, good. I love I know. love that Nuxie just say I'll go. Sure, it's been a day. I'm ready to go again. I love that. Um, yeah,
2: no, it was. It, so that's all I know. I cannot give you any more. Uh, inside info. Follow the podcast park on social media for live updates
1: as new episodes hit and behind the scenes looks at all our shows. Find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at the podcast part. I want to talk about one of our great sponsors at the Rhodes group. Yes. My buddy Clayton Rhodes and the Rhodes group are a proud sponsor of us here at welcome to Atlanta. And they're also my insurance company. Uh, It was about, I don't know, four or five months ago now that I finally realized why am I paying so much for my home and car insurance. I don't think we realize as the consumer we should be shopping or having somebody in a professional setting shop those rates for us. So I had the professionals at the Rhodes Group shop my rates and they ended up saving me a boatload of money. I'm talking about $2,000 for my home and car insurance. By now you guys know it's a great time to refinance your home. You see all those rates. Well, you might not know it's also a great time to shop your home insurance. Home insurance rates creep up every year, and the only way to get the best policy and the best rate is to work with an independent insurance agency like the Rhodes Group. Here's the deal, you can get up to 10 insurance quotes in 10 minutes from the Rhodes Group at no cost to you. You wanna visit them online, I got a special landing page for you. You can go to roads groupcom slash Chernoff. It's spelled R-H-O-A-D-S roads-group.com slash churnoff. You can also see the link up at Real Matt Lana on Twitter. They're my insurance company. They're going to do this at no cost to you and you're going to end up saving a boatload. The Rhodes Group is the answer to saving money and getting the best in insurance coverage. Again, the Roads Group is the place you want to go. Tell them Matt sent you. Go to roads-group.com slash churnoff. What was life like for you on the road? Did you like hotels and traveling and restaurants? I know some guys love it, or some guys feel like it's lonely. I miss the family. Like, what was life for you like on the road?
2: Well, definitely a little bit of, 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 of both. Um, I, you know, as you, as everybody knows, we had eight kids, and we we had them pretty fast. So, so. You know, I'll be honest with you. On on one part, is is uh, i probably got a little more sleep on the road. I mean, that's that's kind of what happens sometimes. Uh, you know, is that once you start having a family, that uh, and all the things that go on at home, uh, sometimes it's nice to get on the road and kind of get you know your own schedule. So, I didn't do a lot. I think my first couple of years, you know, I, my first couple of times I went to New York, I saw some. Some things, but after that, uh, it's very simple. I just would would stay as long as possible and rest. You know, so it was pretty boring. Uh, really, didn't, uh, but you know, do that much. But I, I enjoyed. I'm very thankful, Matt. Very thankful. I look back on those days. And gosh, being able to go around this country and play in these big cities, and you know, it, it's just a very, very lucky time of of my life and the Murphy family. It's just. You know, just fun. When I see guys like Bruce Benedict and Glenn Hubbard, you know, we don't remember any details. All we remember is is being in that locker room and having fun together and, and thankful for those years. So no, on the road I you know, I had some ballparks that I hit really well in San Diego, San Francisco, uh Cincinnati. So some of those ballparks I was, you know, looking forward to getting to for sure.
1: All right, Murph, as we finish up, and I've asked you this before, but I always like to see what time does to it. Um, I mean, I'll give you my opinion like so many others that I do believe you should be in the Hall of Fame. Sadly, the eras of baseball dwarf the numbers, and we've, we've covered all that before. But two parts of this. Number one, how good and how humbling is it when you hear so many people, and I don't mean people like me. I mean people within the game who, who watched you and understand how good you were for, you know, for that decade, for that run. Uh, who talk about you deserving to be in the Hall of Fame? So I want to start with there, and I'll do the follow up. But what, when you hear that, I mean, how much does that warm you?
2: Oh, it's unreal. Uh, it, it really is. Uh, you know, you asked me about going on the road and how grateful I am just to be able to play. That the older you get, <laughs> I just keep shaking my head. How lucky and blessed, you know, we're all of us, and 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 just be able to play and when people say i should be in the hall of fame it's it's hard to figure out what what to say because it's like uh it 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 would just be the you know ultimate compliment and uh you know uh cap to a career i i didn't think anything would happen soon and if it happens it'll be unreal i don't know how to i don't know how to say it man i really don't yeah uh it's it's uh, it's an incredible feeling, absolutely. The older you get, the, you know, the, that, that compliment just means that much more.
1: So then I'll finish with the final part of it. Like, as you get older, A, do you think it'll happen? How much do you want it to happen? Is there any bitterness at all or any, gosh, why didn't it happen? Like, is there any part of you with the Hall of Fame discussion that, uh, as you get older, thinks, man, this, there's something not adding up and then there's some bitterness involved at all?
2: well no I mean no because of my percentage over the course of time uh, well wh- while I was on the regular ballot um, uh, you know it it, it 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 if I was in the 50s 60s percent uh, 56 uh fifty to sixty percent of the votes over the course of my time on the ballot I'd be like hey that's only you know I need 25 more votes you know that would be kind of weird but I haven't I wasn't I'm on, I'm in the era committee opportunities, which the Hall of Fame has voted. I'm going to, I'm going to get more looks as I go on. I'm going to get looks, you know, every three years, which they changed that for guys like me. Uh, You know, as I've mentioned before, Trammell went in and a lot of guys from the 80s are going in from these era committees. So I think I got a shot. And, uh, um, you know, people say, well, to get in the Hall of Fame, you, 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 should think you belong. And I think there's a spot there for me now, uh, but uh, my spot is going to take a while. And that's what I understand. So, so, you know, I'm, I'm good with it. Uh, uh, I'm good. I'm thankful the hall of fame has given us guys in the seventies and eighties extra looks and uh, uh, getting back to bill James, I got to find this quote, but he, he said something about 20, 30 years ago about current players. And I heard that he said, Dale Murphy will go in when he's seventy four, so <laughs> so I'm sixty five now, Matt. So we got a few years.
1: Well, I'm going to tell you this not that not that it's going to care you know a world for you, but I have never been to Cooperstown, and I told my wife I don't know two years ago. I said when Murph gets the call, that's the time I'm going to take my oh. boys up, and we're going to do Cooperstown, and, and I, I'd love to just experience that weekend when you get that oh. ultimate honor. So that's our plan, and that's why that's why I said not if I said when you get in.
2: Well, I got goosebumps. You know, that's what it means to me. Seriously, Matt. That's, that's I really, that is such an honor. And we'll do the podcast from there. How about that?
1: That is a deal. Murph, it's always a great pleasure. I can't thank you enough. And uh, you're the ultimate gentleman and uh, one of my favorite guys. So nothing but success and health in the future. And we'll do it again soon.
2: Thanks, Matt.
1: Guys, thanks again for joining us. We appreciate it very much. Thanks to Brian Murphy for producing the podcast, and thanks to you guys for making us your weekly destination. We'll talk to you next week on Welcome to Madland.
4: Welcome to Atlanta where the players play. And we ride on the things like every day. Big beats hit streets, see gangsters roaming, and parties don't stop till eight in the morning. Welcome to Atlanta where the players play. And we ride on them things like every day.
2: Big beats hit streets, see gangsters roaming, uh-huh. and parties don't stop. Yeah.